Section twenty five of the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Book four. Lacerations. Chapter one. Father Farapont. Alyosha was roused early, before daybreak. Father Zosima woke up feeling very weak, though he wanted to get out of bed and sit up in a chair. His mind was quite clear, his face looked very tired, yet bright and almost joyful. It wore an expression of gaiety, kindness, and cordiality. "'Maybe I shall not live through the coming day,' he said to Alyosha. Then he desired to confess and take the sacrament at once. He always confessed to Father Paisi. After taking the communion, the service of extreme unction followed. The monks assembled, and the cell was gradually filled up by the inmates of the hermitage. Meantime it was daylight. People began coming from the monastery. After the service was over, the elder desired to kiss and take leave of everyone. As the cell was so small, the earlier visitors withdrew to make room for others. Alyosha stood beside the elder, who was seated again in his armchair. He talked as much as he could. Though his voice was weak, it was fairly steady. "'I've been teaching you so many years, and therefore I've been talking aloud so many years, that I've got into the habit of talking, and so much so that it's almost more difficult for me to hold my tongue than to talk, even now, in spite of my weakness, dear fathers and brothers,' he jested, looking with emotion at the group round him. Alyosha remembered afterwards something of what he said to them but though he spoke out distinctly and his voice was fairly steady his speech was somewhat disconnected he spoke of many things he seemed anxious before the moment of death to say everything he had not said in his life and not simply for the sake of instructing them but as though thirsting to share with all men and all creation his joy and ecstasy and once more in his life to open his whole heart love one another fathers said father zosima as far as alyosha could remember afterwards love god's people because we have come here and shut ourselves within these walls we are no holier than those who are outside but on the contrary from the very fact of coming here each of us has confessed to himself that he is worse than others than all men on earth and the longer the monk lives in his seclusion the more keenly he must recognize that else he would have had no reason to come here when he realizes that he is not only worse than others but that he is responsible to all men for all and everything for all human sins national and individual only then the aim of our seclusion is attained for know dear ones that every one of us is undoubtedly responsible for all men and everything on earth not merely through the general sinfulness of creation but each one personally for all mankind and every individual man this knowledge is the crown of life for the monk and for every man for monks are not a special sort of men but only what all men ought to be only through that knowledge our heart grows soft with infinite universal inexhaustible love then every one of you will have the power to win over the whole world by love and to wash away the sins of the world with your tears 
each of you keep watch over your heart and confess your sins to yourself unceasingly be not afraid of your sins even when perceiving them if only there be penitence but make no conditions with god again i say be not proud be proud neither to the little nor to the great hate not those who reject you who insult you who abuse and slander you hate not the atheists the teachers of evil the materialists and i mean not only the good ones for there are many good ones among them especially in our day hate not even the wicked ones remember them in your prayers thus save o lord all those who have none to pray for them save too all those who will not pray and add it is not in pride that i make this prayer o lord for i am lower than all men love god's people let not strangers draw away the flock for if you slumber in your slothfulness and disdainful pride or worse still in covetousness they will come from all sides and draw away your flock expound the gospel to the people unceasingly be not extortionate do not love gold and silver do not hoard them have faith cling to the banner and raise it on high but the elder spoke more disconnectedly than alyosha reported his words afterwards sometimes he broke off altogether as though to take breath and recover his strength but he was in a sort of ecstasy they heard him with emotion though many wondered at his words and found them obscure afterwards all remembered those words when alyosha happened for a moment to leave the cell he was struck by the general excitement and suspense in the monks who were crowding about it this anticipation showed itself in some by anxiety in others by devout solemnity all were expecting that some marvel would happen immediately after the elder's death their suspense was from one point of view almost frivolous but even the most austere of the monks were affected by it father palissy's face looked the gravest of all alyosha was mysteriously summoned by a monk to see rakitin who had arrived from town with a singular letter for him from madame holikoff in it she informed alyosha of a strange and very opportune incident it appeared that among the women who had come on the previous day to receive father zasima's blessing there had been an old woman from the town a sergeant's widow called prohorovna she had inquired whether she might pray for the rest of the soul of her son vasenka who had gone to irkutsk and had sent her no news for over a year to which father zasima had answered sternly forbidding her to do so and saying that to pray for the living as though they were dead was a kind of sorcery he afterwards forgave her on account of her ignorance and added as though reading the book of the future this was madame holikoff's expression words of comfort that her son vasya was certainly alive and he would either come himself very shortly or send a letter and that she was to go home and expect him and would you believe it exclaimed madame holikoff enthusiastically the prophecy has been fulfilled literally indeed and more than that scarcely had the old woman reached home when they gave her a letter from siberia which had been awaiting her but that was not all 
in the letter written on the road from ekaterinenburg vasya informed his mother that he was returning to russia with an official and that three weeks after her receiving the letter he hoped to embrace his mother madame holikoff warmly entreated alyosha to report this new miracle of prediction to the superior and all the brotherhood all all ought to know of it she concluded the letter had been written in haste the excitement of the writer was apparent in every line of it but alyosha had no need to tell the monks for all knew of it already rakitin had commissioned the monk who brought his message to inform most respectfully his reverence father paisi that he rakitin has a matter to speak of with him of such gravity that he dare not defer it for a moment and humbly begs forgiveness for his presumption as the monk had given the message to father paisi before that to alyosha the latter found after reading the letter there was nothing left for him to do but to hand it to father paisi in confirmation of the story and even that austere and cautious man though he frowned as he read the news of the miracle could not completely restrain some inner emotion his eyes gleamed and a grave and solemn smile came into his lips we shall see greater things broke from him we shall see greater things greater things yet the monks around repeated but father paisi frowning again begged all of them at least for a time not to speak of the matter till it be more fully confirmed seeing there is so much credulity among those of this world and indeed this might well have chanced naturally he added prudently as it were to satisfy his conscience though scarcely believing his own disavowal a fact his listeners very clearly perceived within the hour the miracle was of course known to the whole monastery and many visitors who had come for the mass no one seemed more impressed by it than the monk who had come the day before from st sylvester from the little monastery of obdorsk in the far north it was he who had been standing near madame holikoff the previous day and had asked father zasima earnestly referring to the healing of the lady's daughter how can you presume to do such things he was now somewhat puzzled and did not know whom to believe the evening before he had visited father ferapont in his cell apart behind the apiary and had been greatly impressed and overawed by the visit this father ferapont was that aged monk so devout in fasting and observing silence who has been mentioned already as antagonistic to father zasima and the whole institution of elders which he regarded as a pernicious and frivolous innovation he was a very formidable opponent although from his practice of silence he scarcely spoke a word to any one what made him formidable was that a number of monks fully shared his feeling and many of the visitors looked upon him as a great saint and ascetic although they had no doubt that he was crazy but it was just his craziness attracted them father ferapont never went to see the elder though he lived in the hermitage they did not worry him to keep its regulations and this too because he behaved as though he were crazy 
he was seventy-five or more and he lived in a corner beyond the apiary in an old decaying wooden cell which had been built long ago for another great ascetic father Yona, who had lived to be a hundred and five and of whose saintly doings many curious stories were still extant in the monastery and the neighbourhood father Ferrapont had succeeded in getting himself installed in this same solitary cell seven years previously it was simply a peasant's hut though it looked like a chapel for it contained an extraordinary number of icons with lamps perpetually burning before them which men brought to the monastery as offerings to god father Ferrapont had been appointed to look after them and keep the lamps burning it was said and indeed it was true that he ate only two pounds of bread in three days the beekeeper who lived close by the apiary used to bring him the bread every three days and even to this man who waited upon him father Ferrapont rarely uttered a word the four pounds of bread together with the sacrament bread regularly sent him on sundays after the late mass by the father superior made up his weekly rations the water in his jug was changed every day he rarely appeared at mass visitors who came to do him homage saw him sometimes kneeling all day long at prayer without looking round if he addressed them he was brief abrupt strange and almost always rude on very rare occasions however he would talk to visitors but for the most part he would utter some one strange saying which was a complete riddle and no entreaties would induce him to pronounce a word in explanation he was not a priest but a simple monk there was a strange belief chiefly however among the most ignorant that father Ferrapont had communication with heavenly spirits and would only converse with them and so was silent with men the monk from obdorsk having been directed to the apiary by the beekeeper who was also a very silent and surly monk went to the corner where father Ferrapont's cell stood maybe he will speak as you are a stranger and maybe you'll get nothing out of him the beekeeper had warned him the monk as he related afterwards approached in the utmost apprehension it was rather late in the evening father Ferrapont was sitting at the door of his cell on a low bench a huge old elm was lightly rustling overhead there was an evening freshness in the air the monk from obdorsk bowed down before the saint and asked his blessing do you want me to bow down to you monk said father Ferrapont. get up the monk got up blessing be blessed sit beside me where have you come from what most struck the poor monk was the fact that in spite of his strict fasting and great age father Ferrapont still looked a vigorous old man he was tall held himself erect and had a thin but fresh and healthy face there was no doubt he still had considerable strength he was of athletic build in spite of his great age he was not even quite gray and still had very thick hair and a full beard both of which had once been black his eyes were gray large and luminous but strikingly prominent he spoke with a broad accent he was dressed in a peasant's long reddish coat of coarse convict cloth as it used to be called and had a stout rope round his waist his throat and chest were bare 
beneath his coat his shirt of the coarsest linen showed almost black with dirt not having been changed for months they said that he wore irons weighing thirty pounds under his coat his stockingless feet were thrust in old slippers almost dropping to pieces from the little obdorsk monastery from st sylvester the monk answered humbly whilst his keen and inquisitive but rather frightened little eyes kept watch on the hermit i have been at your sylvesters i used to stay there is sylvester well the monk hesitated you are a senseless lot how do you keep the fasts our dietary is according to the ancient conventual rules during lent there are no meals provided for monday wednesday and friday for tuesday and thursday we have white bread stewed fruit with honey wild berries or salt cabbage and wholemeal stirabout on saturday white cabbage soup noodles with peas kasha all with hemp oil on weekdays we have dried fish and kasha with the cabbage soup from monday till saturday evening six whole days in holy week nothing is cooked and we have only bread and water and that sparingly if possible not taking food every day just the same as is ordered for first week in lent on good friday nothing is eaten in the same way on the saturday we have to fast till three o'clock and then take a little bread and water and drink a single cup of wine on holy thursday we drink wine and have something cooked without oil or not cooked at all inasmuch as the laodicean council lays down for holy thursday it is unseemly by remitting the fast on the holy thursday to dishonor the whole of lent that is how we keep the fast but what is that compared with you holy father added the monk growing more confident for all the year round even at easter you take nothing but bread and water and what we should eat in two days lasts you full seven it's truly marvellous your great abstinence and mushrooms asked father Ferapont suddenly mushrooms repeated the surprised monk yes i can give up their bread not needing it at all and go away into the forest and live there on the mushrooms or the berries but they can't give up their bread here wherefore they are in bondage to the devil nowadays the unclean deny that there is need of such fasting haughty and unclean is their judgment ach true sighed the monk and have you seen devils among them asked Ferapont among them among whom asked the monk timidly i went to the father superior on trinity sunday last year i haven't been since i saw a devil sitting on one man's chest hiding under his cassock only his horns poked out another had one peeping out of his pocket with such sharp eyes he was afraid of me another settled in the unclean belly of one another was hanging round a man's neck and so he was carrying him about without seeing him you can see spirits the monk inquired i tell you i can see i can see through them 
when i was coming out from the superiors i saw one hiding from me behind the door and a big one a yard and a half or more high with a thick long gray tail and the tip of his tail was in the crack of the door and i was quick and slammed the door pinching his tail in it he squealed and began to struggle and i made the sign of the cross over him three times and he died on the spot like a crushed spider he must have rotted there in the corner and be stinking but they don't see they don't smell it it's a year since i have been there i reveal it to you as you are a stranger your words are terrible but holy and blessed father said the monk growing bolder and bolder is it true as they noise abroad even to distant lands about you that you are in continual communication with the holy ghost he does fly down at times how does he fly down in what form as a bird the holy ghost in the form of a dove there's the holy ghost and there's the holy spirit the holy spirit can appear as other birds sometimes as a swallow sometimes a goldfinch and sometimes as a blue tit how do you know him from an ordinary tit he speaks how does he speak in what language human language and what does he tell you why to-day he told me that a fool would visit me and would ask me unseemly questions you want to know too much monk terrible are your words most holy and blessed father the monk shook his head but there was a doubtful look in his frightened little eyes do you see this tree asked father Farapont after a pause i do blessed father you think it's an elm but for me it has another shape what sort of shape inquired the monk after a pause of vain expectation it happens at night you see those two branches in the night it is christ holding out his arms to me and seeking me with those arms i see it clearly and tremble it's terrible terrible what is there terrible if it's christ himself why he'll snatch me up and carry me away alive in the spirit and glory of elijah haven't you heard he will take me in his arms and bear me away though the monk returned to the cell he was sharing with one of the brothers in considerable perplexity of mind he still cherished at heart a greater reverence for father Farapont than for father zassima he was strongly in favor of fasting and it was not strange that one who kept so rigid a fast as father Farapont should see marvels his words seemed certainly queer but god only could tell what was hidden in those words and were not worse words and acts commonly seen in those who have sacrificed their intellects for the glory of god the pinching of the devil's tail he was ready and eager to believe and not only in the figurative sense besides he had before visiting the monastery a strong prejudice against the institution of elders which he only knew of by hearsay and believed to be a pernicious innovation before he had been long at the monastery he had detected the secret murmurings of some shallow brothers who disliked the institution 
he was besides a meddlesome inquisitive man who poked his nose into everything this was why the news of the fresh miracle performed by father zasima reduced him to extreme perplexity alyosha remembered afterwards how their inquisitive guest from obdorsk had been continually flitting to and fro from one group to another listening and asking questions among the monks that were crowding within and without the elder's cell but he did not pay much attention to him at the time and only recollected it afterwards he had no thought to spare for it indeed for when father zosima feeling tired again had gone back to bed he thought of alyosha as he was closing his eyes and sent for him alyosha ran at once there was no one else in the cell but father paisi father yosef and the novice porfiry the elder opening his weary eyes and looking intently at alyosha asked him suddenly are your people expecting you my son alyosha hesitated haven't they need of you didn't you promise someone yesterday to see them to-day i did promise to my father my brothers others too you see you must go don't grieve be sure i shall not die without your being by to hear my last word to you i will say that word my son it will be my last gift to you to you dear son because you love me but now go to keep your promise alyosha immediately obeyed though it was hard to go but the promise that he should hear his last word on earth that it should be the last gift to him alyosha sent a thrill of rapture through his soul he made haste that he might finish what he had to do in the town and return quickly father paisi too uttered some words of exhortation which moved and surprised him greatly he spoke as they left the cell together remember young man unceasingly father paisi began without preface that the science of this world which has become a great power has especially in the last century analyzed everything divine handed down to us in the holy books after this cruel analysis the learned of this world have nothing left of all that was sacred of old but they have only analyzed the parts and overlooked the whole and indeed their blindness is marvellous yet the whole still stands steadfast before their eyes and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it has it not lasted nineteen centuries is it not still a living a moving power in the individual soul and in the masses of people it is still as strong and living even in the souls of atheists who have destroyed everything for even those who have renounced christianity and attack it in their inmost being still follow the christian ideal for hitherto neither their subtlety nor the ardor of their hearts has been able to create a higher ideal of man and of virtue than the ideal given by christ of old when it has been attempted the result has been only grotesque remember this especially young man since you are being sent into the world by your departing elder maybe remembering this great day you will not forget my words uttered from the heart for your guidance seeing you are young and the temptations of the world are great and beyond your strength to endure well now go 
my orphan with these words father paisi blessed him as alyosha left the monastery and thought them over he suddenly realized that he had met a new and unexpected friend a warmly loving teacher in this austere monk who had hitherto treated him sternly it was as though father zassima had bequeathed him to him at his death and perhaps that's just what had passed between them alyosha thought suddenly the philosophic reflections he had just heard so unexpectedly testified to the warmth of father paisi's heart he was in haste to arm the boy's mind for conflict with temptation and to guard the young soul left in his charge with the strongest defence he could imagine End of section 25